Ajuda o Messi. Messi, 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 Alexis, Alexis capa, Jordi Alba, Sant Jordi, Sant Jordi glorious, Sant Jordi. Jonas Nostis, welcome to the third episode of Last Potato, and today we have Tejas, who was our guest on the last episode. Welcome back, Tejas. Hello. Hi. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Let's. I'm slightly. I'm slightly more optimistic now than how I was. The last week, so I hope we keep on this trajectory. But let's see, let's see. Okay, okay. Uh, so I think you you should become my co-host, by the way. <laughs> yes, sir. I look at that. I don't really have much to do, so yes, I'll probably become a co-host. Okay. Uh, okay. So I think we should start our podcast. And the first question uh, is: How do you feel after Zabi's first two games? Uh, there is definite improvement. Uh, I do see certain things which I was wanting to see. I was hoping to see from Setiyah, which didn't happen. Uh, under Kumain, it happened sometimes when all the players were fit, etc. But now, you know, some really obvious positional play, trademark things are happening. You know, like uh, interiors actually running into space, uh, wingers staying wide. Uh, the Pressing being very coherent, not just aggressive, or it was not always aggressive. Right, every instance sometimes you were conservative, but everything was like in sync. All of our the three lines, attack, defense, and midfield lines were all almost connected. So that is that was good to see. Okay, I yeah, I, as you said, I think the shape, uh, how we fielded our uh, team in both the games, I think that was that was perfect, but. The only negative thing that I would say is that um, I think defensively, um, I think we are we have we still need to improve. Although we didn't concede in either of the games, but uh, I think in that as aspect, I think uh, our pressing was really good. But uh, I think it could be better. Isn't it? Yeah, I think I think look, I think in the end, Javi even when he was discussing his tactics with the coaches, wise he did say that his defensive, his counter-pressing technique, and his defensive uh, mindset is a bit naive in the sense that he does leave his defenders and centre backs and uh, sorry, full backs etc. to mark when we one situations. So in that, in those cases, in those situations, he says that I'm not going to give you anything new here. I'm expecting that you win those duels. I think in those cases we will struggle a bit. We will see Eric Garcia or maybe PK uh, lose for pace. Uh, so that is something I think Xavi will not let go because, you know, as you said, you know, when you when you have a very effective counter press, uh, the opponent will get lesser chances. But when they get those chances, they're going to be very high xG chances, and that is something to look at. But I think. If everything goes well, uh, confidence rises, and I think our defenders are good enough to do the job. Because we've seen that when new coaches come in with Bayern, with Chelsea, 
the defenders which we thought were you know morely more of average above average they seem to overperform by yeah, a lot yeah rodiger and before that alaba who was not even a center back he's never we were never played a center back he went there boateng who, who was old but he was certainly good so i think if everything is fine all the contexts for each and every player are ideal they will overperform they will make mistakes for example you can't take mistakes out of langley or or you know pk when he's uh, on the turn but you make sacrifices you uh, you compensate for those players with more better counter pressing and high end wide wingers obviously provide winger opportunities so the opponents are scared to actually go full on uh, attack because they know if there is a turnover our wingers are fast and they will attack so yes it's it's all a compensating game pros and cons you look at how much we can press high pep also started uh, having his team deep and he realized he couldn't keep up with teams like liverpool so yeah it's it's balancing act is an all balancing act yeah and i would rather uh, want my team to play a very high line than play a mid mid block like we used to do on the wayward uh, because yeah, yeah. i i i remember in the last game against benfica there were two two counters uh, from them which absolutely exposed our back line but i was kind of happy that uh, we were actually pressing this side we had a high line yes absolutely i don't remember that happening for a good time now yes yes because and also the thing is everyone says that playing a high line is dangerous yes but the kind of center backs we have we can't even play a low block you saw against celta okay basically top players folded they said oh, let's play a low block what happened they scored three goals after we sat back that shouldn't happen ideally when you sat back you should actually sit back you should actually be more compact but we were not we don't have those types of center back we don't have diego godin or or kelly or people like that you know so so our center back strengths are pressing and playing ball out from the back we should give them those contexts provide them with those contexts and they will not be exposed as much yeah i are you are right you're definitely right uh, by the way what what are your thoughts on the first game of zavi against espanyol in the derby the atmosphere was really good to be honest the atmosphere was really good and the first half especially was really an ideal barca way of playing like first half i saw a couple of things first of all the interiors were very aggressive like more aggressive yeah. than they needed to be like almost every instance franky and uh, nico guarding and attacking behind whereas yep. in the second half and in the second game they were slightly more conservative trying to compensate because they realized that we don't have the players to actually play those balls out uh, behind the lines so they started to become more conservative because in against espanyol what happened was although we were trying to do that eventually we started losing control and our midfield couldn't cope with uh, when espanyol actually started putting pressure was it fatigue i don't know we scared and uh I really like that he Javi took the chance of uh, playing Elias. Uh, he's a very promising youngster, and he has not really played a lot, even for the B team. Like Ansu Fati, Ansu Fati completely skipped the B team. Elias, I think, played two or three games or four games, I think. And the match Javi watched them against I think Sevilla's B team. He scored two goals and stayed in the lineup. But uh, Elias, I think, right now. is kind of like a messy profile in the sense that he wants to dribble past instead of running beyond so and, he is, and uh, as of this point he doesn't have the skill or the confidence to do that 
that's why we saw Abde, who is obviously less talented than Elias, uh, proved more effective. Yeah, I think Abde was really, really good in the second half. Uh, I actually checked out a stat, um, and it showed that he attempted six, eight dribbles and he completed six dribbles, which was really, really impressive. And it was really good, man. It was really good in the second half. Yeah, it is a fresh thing. We don't, we have, we haven't seen a lot of people making triples considering we don't have a forward apart from Depay in the first team right now. We have Luke De Jong and Aguero both gone. Uh, Luke De Jong is there but he's as good as gone. So it was nice to see uh, someone actually having the courage and the skill set to actually dribble past not just with technique but also with speed which our squad seriously lacks. Yeah and I think we actually missed him uh, in the second game. I, although I can't say miss him because Demir actually played well but uh, he was not doing the same thing that Abde did against uh, Spaniel, isn't it? Yeah, Demir, Demir, again, Demir is kind of like Elias. Like he's more of yeah. a messy type of player. He relies more on smaller bursts of acceleration instead of slightly longer distance. Demir was struggling. And every time he was coming to look inside, whereas there was a lot of space outside. But he could basically do that. But Xavi you know, was forced. After Dembele came up in the second game, uh, things obviously improved because Dembele is good outside, inside. He has... A higher skill set, higher technique you know, on the ball than both of the youngsters, and he has superior speed, so that does help. Let's see if Dembele and Ansu are able to be able to play the pine game, etc. But yeah, it's, it's all that we need the right personnel. We don't necessarily need the best players in the best positions. Just we need players who are right for those particular positions. Yeah, yeah, you are absolutely right. Um, and what about Gavi? Gavi played the first game as a left winger, isn't it? I mean, kind of left winger, although he was just playing. Yeah, I think, I think Parkhwan did play him uh, on the left. I think his first game he played left, I think, was kind of women's yeah. game. You know, remember against Levante where, with Luke Young, etc. I think he was slightly played yeah. on the right then. Played on the right. But yes, Gavi, Gavi is, you know, the thing with Lavasia players are they're very versatile because they know what the coach wants them to do, you know. Same thing was when Sergi Roberto was slightly younger. He played in the forward line, midfield, right back. Yeah, he was not very good. Yeah, now he is not as talented as Gavi. So obviously he was very average in all those positions, but he could, you know, because but Gavi is good at dribbling. But again, the problem was the physical aspects. He was slow, and we weren't as high. You know, because if we are high, you don't really need that speed. Just acceleration will do. And another problem with Gavi was he tends to come inside a bit because in the end he's a midfielder and he can't he doesn't know the instinct he doesn't have the instincts and Frankie De Jong also tends to shift left Depay also tries to come inside and shift left Jordi Alba is already there so the left side although we were using it very well but uh, we could optimize it a bit more I think it's a lot yeah, 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 yeah absolutely right but, uh, I, I actually noticed this in the first game that all our uh, attacks were going from the left side only and the right side wasn't wasn't used that much yeah it is not necessarily a bad thing in itself yeah. because uh, the right side is more of an out ball you know like because we have fast players there right left we don't uh, but yes whenever we switch play to the right again you had Mingesa and Ilyas who could not really dribble past anyone so such over one left side overload would did not really do us well but yes you know i think with players coming back in javi trying out new systems new players in different positions different combinations i think you'll find the right switch but 
I think from what we have seen so far, we know that Xavi is first of all brave enough to play these young players in big games and actually confident that if we go out, we will try to outscore the opponent. We will not sit back and be scared like, you know, Kuman used yeah. to say. Kuman wasn't wrong in a little sense, but you have to be more confident. That's the only, you have to win. If you're going out for Barcelona, you're trying to win. You don't, you're not trying to be realistic out there. No? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're right. And about Mingueza, by the way, I think he was really poor in that game against the Spaniels. Um, yeah, I think the first, I think he, he has always been a bit error report, but the first time I realized was, I think, against Vinicius, where I think yeah. Dest was playing uh, in the front line. And Kuman was forced to actually bring Dest back to the uh, fullback position. Whereas people also said that Dest doesn't know how. To, yeah, yeah. And and and, and Dest and Dest is not a great defender, but that's how bad Mingueza was. I think again we saw Raul de Thomas absolutely destroyed him whenever he was kind of dropping there. Raul de Thomas is a very impressive player. In that sense, him and BK were really struggling. Every time Mingueza was there, PK had to kind of compensate for his lack of. I don't know what it is. Because as a big guy, should be more physical. But I don't think he has the instincts to know when to jump in, when to press, where he is on the pitch. Uh, yeah. And progressing wise, well, he's as good as we expect a centre back to be. So, but yeah, we expect more of him. But I think he's a good enough squad player for now. Low salary one. Yeah, I think uh, he is going to become another Sergi Roboto maybe because that is how I think it's. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of, uh, yeah, he's not really good at any positions, but he can play multiple positions when required. Uh, it's, yeah, it will be proven wrong, but right now, as of now, that's what it feels like. Okay, yeah, yeah you are absolutely right. But yeah, we have to talk about this Benfica game because before the game, I was, I was nervous, but there was something inside me that was telling me that, yeah, we are going to score at least one and we're going to win this game. And we were really close, actually. Um, uh, Demi hit the post. The back yeah. scored twice. If he had, uh, if he had used his, if he had actually yeah, left, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah, just use your left foot, man. Just shoot, don't. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Arao was just a yard offside. I was, I was just uh, celebrating at that moment. I was uh, shouting like, like really madly when yeah. scored that goal. I, I yeah, think you should, should have, you should, you should have looked uh, at Zavi's reaction to that goal. Uh, yeah, I think I think he was very happy celebrating with Alba, and then suddenly I think someone from the coaching staff pointed out that hey, don't be happy. Yeah, and at that at that point I realized no, we are not going to win this. Uh, and uh, and at the at the last when we almost conceded, I mean, um, the second of this, I, I I still don't know how that didn't go in. I mean that is <laughs> yeah, but that is yeah, that is some Hall of Fame stuff what he did, but yeah. <laughs> It was really the worst miss I think I have seen for the, for some time yeah. now. Yeah, and that also considering that he did such a calm move beforehand, you know, because lots of people miss open goal chances, you know, but, but after you've done something like that, like flicking the ball over a keeper, then you don't expect to miss because then you're full of confidence, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, talking about the Benfica game, I think we started really well uh, as we did against Espanyol. Uh, again, I think in the first 15 or 20 minutes, uh, there was a very good chance uh, for Depay to pass it to Frankie, but he just passed it a little away from him. 
Yeah, yeah, ah, yes. Yeah. You, you remember that transcript, right? I think he, I think he should have squared it to him, and he just, I think, I think it was a very weak pass in the end. Is yeah. that the one? I think defender intercepted. Yeah, I think yeah. this game, uh, instead of Minghesa, I think Xavi realized that we did not have any good right back option. So he kind of switched to a back three with. Uh, okay, now this is this is interesting. See, when you, basically even when we were playing against Espanyol, we were kind of in a back three. Mingesa was basically our third centre back, but he was yeah. pushing more often. But this time he yeah. put Araujo, Araujo, who is a better defender, but you you don't really expect him to get forward. To compensate yeah. for that, what he did was uh, I think he played somewhat of a double pivot with De Jong in the sketch. Not really a double pivot. The sketch was. The player with the lower height here, Busquets, yeah. uh, De Jong was higher up, and I think he tasked tasked Nico to kind of act as a right-sided midfielder yeah. inside of Yusuf Demir. So he yeah. kind of did both of the Araujo and uh, Nico did the things that an inverted right back would usually do, like Espeliqueta or or uh, yeah, Cancelo yeah. type of thing. Yes. And Demir was not playing like a wing back because he was, I think, he was very high. He, he, yeah, he was in the he was in the front line. He was basically in the yeah. front line, and Gavi uh, came inside a little bit, tucked him as kind of a right interior role to allow Jordi Alba that bit. But I think yeah. when defending, we were defending with somewhat of a back four, sometimes back five kind of thing. But yeah, basically. We were mostly in possession of the ball. Two games, I think. The only difference between two games was. That the distance between Busquets and Frankie uh, shortened in the second game. That is the only difference I think. Yeah, I think that all had to do with us not having a really good right back. Because I think ideally, Xavi would like both of his interiors to, uh, you know, attack the half spaces uh, in between the centre back and the full back, centre back, full back, uh, half spaces. And he couldn't really do that because we did not have someone to push up from behind. So he had to task Nico slightly higher and wider. Which, as a consequence, meant he had to kind of compress De Jong slightly behind and slightly closer to Busquets. And because Jordi Alba was basically playing as a wing back, you needed to let Gavi more in, which I guess is his more favorable position. Memphis, I think, I think, very one job he has done well is restricting Memphis to the center in this game because in the Espanyol game, we saw him drifting to the left a lot. Uh, at times, I think that was more discipline. They got in their way less, and I think that was another reason uh, why Frankie was uh, put slightly lower now. Because I think the first game we saw that Frankie, Gavi, and Jordi Alba were too close to each other. Yeah, I think we realized that this is uh, Frankie's best position when played slightly in a asymmetrical double pivot role. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, talking about Depay, obviously, you already know that I. <laughs> I have basically created an agenda against him, although it's it's not that. Uh, um, I mean, I mean, look, he's, he's, funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, he's he's a good. We knew what kind of a player he was. We knew that he was not a really good player, but he was a very effective player. Like he would score goals, which we at least stopped doing now. The one thing he cannot do now is score goals. Uh, but you know he is reliable. He does score penalties for us a lot, and he does the job well. He presses well when asked. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah. we should we need more patience from him. Uh, yeah, yeah. See the agenda that I have. It's just for Twitter banter. Uh, uh, <laughs> in real life, I actually think that he is going to uh, perform for us, and he's he's a good 
player to have in in our team. But again, uh, if he performs like he did against the Benfica, then my agenda is going to be real. I'm going. To, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> <I'm going to laughs> yeah, I think I think that is performance was really bad. I think he's probably the worst player on the pitch. Uh, if you even combine Benfica players, it was really bad yeah. on that day. Yeah, it was not that he was doing something majorly wrong. That he was doing lots of small, minor faults. Like he's through a goal with a brilliant run, and then he just decides to take one another cut it without even looking behind him. Yeah, yeah. I don't know was just there. Yeah, I mean Otamendi is really good. To be fair, I mean he's always been good in that sense. But he's he has his moments. He's been always been good for Argentina and you know clutch situations like that in cup competitions etc. I mean, he's the player you want to have. Yeah, yeah. I he actually started really well at uh, Manchester City. I think in the first season it was really good for the second season. I don't. No, to be fair, he played well in all the seasons. I think last season when everyone was injured in Man City, in the second to last pandemic season, uh, he was he had to play some certain games with Fernandinho etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, fans, it's always like extreme. They have extreme opinions. If you make one bad mistake, they will be like, "It's the worst player." In, uh, uh, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, he's also not a very nice guy. I think he's yeah, of starts fights, bits players, etc. But yeah, you know, that's what you get from him. But uh, nice like this, yet I think he's not the only one. I think they also have Tongan, who's also I think a senior player in those terms, and he was good. PK also got turned. Turned around a bit by when by the strikers by the new striker they came the long head striker I don't remember his name. Uh, I think he came as a he came as a substitute uh, later on in the second half. I think Spike slightly struggled against him. But Darwin Nunez, are you talking about Darwin Nunez? Possibly him. I am confused a bit among two three players Benfica's forwards. Uh, but yeah, basically. Yusuf Demir also had the same problem that Elias did. Elias did, sorry, uh, that he was coming, trying to come inside a lot. After Dembele came, I think uh, the coach basically substituted a guy to act as a second uh, left-sided defender to actually support the left back, Grimaldo, because Grimaldo was uh, absolutely having a nightmare when Dembele came in for I think five or six minutes. Yeah, yeah, I remember Seven. that. I remember. Yeah, and he Dembele was really going after him. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, yeah, that was good. I think that is nice to see that he played a match, and as of yet, there is no injury news. So I think that is uh, mean that that calls for a party for now. But yeah, um, I I actually remember you tweeted something after the game <laughs> that I, 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 I almost yeah, we we see Dembele play, we're all very happy. One hour after we run out post the game, post match, we open Twitter and see how he has a discomfort and we don't know when he will return. I mean, it's, it's the same thing with him. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's a good player. I think the contact situation is also, he's all quickly, I think it will be good. Uh, Linked with some interesting players, we'll see how that goes. I doubt any of this will materialize, but uh, let's see. But yeah, largely thing is we need time. Okay, one one thing which Javi I liked is he was addressing things on a game to game basis. Like the first game, I pointed out that our left side was a bit overcrowded. He pushed Frankie Young backwards and immediately saw that he saw that Mingesa was struggling. He was not really productive enough as a right back and not secure enough as a right sided center central defender so he put araujo in and asked nico to kind of compensate for that role and push demir even wider uh, so yes that that is one thing i like that Xavi is giving everyone chances and actually 
fixing things on a game to game basis he's not waiting for things to get better he's fixing things trying out new things which i think in the long term will uh, lead to success yeah yeah right uh, so um, after after that game obviously we were really sad and uh, what do you think about uh, the that bayern game they are probably going to play the second team and they they will be playing uh, behind closed doors so do we have any chance I mean, look, ideally, look, if 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 uh, Rayo can defeat us, beat us, Augsburg can defeat them. Obviously, we have a chance. I I never really like that. Oh, look, they are a strong team. You can never beat them. I mean, we were a strong team against Roma, stronger team than Roma. Okay, yeah, yeah. We were a stronger team than Atletico. We we had a better squad last year uh, than um, who was it? Uh, Real Madrid. Even if you think about it, they had a lot. They had a lot of injuries. But uh, I don't like the negative attitude. I think we can win. I think we should win. Even in the eight-two defeat in the first fifteen minutes, we had about three or four yeah. counter attacks with Vidal or Sergio Roberto running in yeah, behind. But we had no, you know, AC yeah, players and we struggled. I think it's simple. Once or twice, something like that happened um, in that game. Yeah, yeah, and and when we realized that we don't have a fast player. Like Alfonso Davies. Was so far ahead, he didn't even care if Sergio Roberto was running behind him. He could walk and then recover. Yeah, and this is why I think that Setien <laughs> was a fraud because he didn't use Ansu Fati in that game, and he was fully fit for to play that game. I still can't get that uh, against a high line of Bayern. It was it was really really high, and you don't play fucking Ansu Fati, and you and Suarez was playing, and he was he was easily chased by any of their centre backs and full backs. So I don't get that. <laughs> I think this. I think it was a messy situation. I don't really want to talk about that time. I think all the players don't like Seti and this that. I mean, it was a messy time. I think the eight two was required. I'm happy for the eight two in a way because it forced some changes that would have taken three or four years. It happened in one year. No, we don't like it. So I raise everyone out. Messi out next year. Uh, they. Couple more players went out. We were more bit more radical with it. The elections happened, so all of all of the th- all these things happened. I guess I'm grateful for that. Uh, but now, yeah, I do think we have a chance. Uh, I think we have two games in between. We have a Villarreal away, which is a very very yeah. tough yeah. tough game. Not really yeah. tough as in a talented team, but more of a tactically tough game. That very always plays a very compact team, a very good team. Uh, so I think Javi will be tested there. And the next game is, I think, also fairly interesting. I I don't remember which one. It's against Real Betis. Ah, uh, yeah, that will be another attacking game. And I think uh, it's it's an away game, if I'm not wrong. Uh, no, the Villarreal one is away. Betis were playing at the camp now. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, yeah, so so that these are two very interesting games where we will see actually see what what Xavi is trying to do. One team is someone. Uh, Villarreal is someone who will try to sit back, and Betis is someone who will try to transition more often, try to play yeah, online. Yeah. So Villarreal game is basically tomorrow, and they they do miss uh, Gerard Moreno because I think he's still injured. And uh, another who who is there another striker? Yeah, Pula Dia. Uh, I can't actually pronounce his name correctly, but he hasn't impressed uh, Emery yet. Um, so. They're basically playing without a striker. Even against Man United, they basically dominated that game. And for in the first time, it was it was kind of uh, a top team playing against a relegation battling team, and relegation battling team was Man United. But they still managed to win that game um, because 
uh, Villarreal didn't have a striker. So that is going to happen even uh, tomorrow. And again, yeah, Paco Alcacer, uh, he, he just doesn't get any games under Henry. So um, let's see what will happen tomorrow. But they, they are a very good team and they, again, I, I they're, 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 very, they're, they're tactically very, very uh, sound. Yeah, they're tactically very, very sound. And they just like us, they like to have the position. But um, again, they use their wide players really well, um, which I think Zabi also wants. I, I think I think Villarreal is interesting in the sense that they do want the ball. Emery is someone who likes to play progressive football, but they're also very comfortable sitting back at times. Under Emery, they play very pragmatic football, and I yeah, think they yeah. haven't Emery scored a lot of goals this season. Emery is a terrorist. <laughs> there is no <laughs> doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, so I think this will be two very interesting games, and based on those games, I will. I think it's. I think it's premature to make a buy-in prediction right now. I think without Kimmich, they will suffer because I don't really know who plays that holding midfielder role for Bayern apart from Kimmich. They had Thiago, they let him go. I don't think Sabitzer is that kind of player. I don't think Goretzka is that kind of player. Is Xavi Martinez there? I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that they will struggle. I think because they don't have a dedicated replacement for Kimmich, as far as and, I remember. And I think I heard that Serge Nabri is also injured. Although I haven't heard this from any Bayern account, but I have heard this from somewhere. don't know if it's true or not. Uh, because Serge Canabri is yeah, it's Canabri. So he basically destroyed us uh, in that eight-two game. I remember that game. Yeah, his, his his movement is incredible. I mean, even without Canabri, uh, uh, yeah, the, the three the three nil game, I think he didn't play. He was still injured that game. I think yeah. Sani on one side, Musiala. Even if they don't have him, they have Kingsley Coman. They have a very good wide, very good wide players. And yeah, Thomas Muller, who I still don't know what position he plays, but he's <laughs> but he always scores goals. Uh, he's, he's not really a number ten. He's not really a midfielder. He's not really an attacker, but he's always no one around there. <laughs> uh, yeah, space what? investigator is what he calls himself. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think it's I, I, I can't understand. <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, I think under under Nagelsmann, I think Bayern are more. Uh, how should I say? I'm not saying conservative, but they are a bit more pragmatic. I think there was a time when uh, he was called the new Moridio. In the sense that he, he was not really? very attacked. Not new Moridio in that sense, but new Moridio in the sense he would know how to make his teams win. Like, okay. uh, under, under, under Hansi Flick, Bayern was very attacking, like almost uh, to a problematic extent. Under Nagelsmann, they know kind of when to sit back, when to allow uh, uh, certain transitions, etc. And they have the talent to do so, but I think look, ideally nine out of what well, I think seven out of ten times Bayern win, but we'll have to look for the three out of ten. Hopefully, Bayern plays a weaker side. Hopefully, Xavi finds the right formula and Dembele is firing uh, in the Villarreal and Betis game. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll comment after the two La Liga games and then we'll see uh, what yeah, we expect. And and uh, do you think we should uh, we should risk Ansu Fati for that game? Should we start that? Should we start him because I planning to use him after 68 minute, just like we did with Dembele. Maybe if we are trailing, then it's of no use. Maybe. Yeah, I mean it does depend on when he starting. Till now he hasn't started training individually or with the group. Uh, so we'll have to see. I mean, I, 
the thing with hamstring injuries is it's, it's tricky sometimes people have it and then they come back and it's nothing but you know like you've seen with dembele once it sticks once the hamstring injury sticks it's a huge problem you're out again and again and again yeah i hope uh, ansu fadi uh, does not become an injury prone player we can't conclude he is an injury prone player just because of two injuries but yeah i i'm really very uh, scared for him though Yeah, let's see how his career progresses. Hopefully, Dembele will also renew. And uh, let's see. Yeah, yeah. And what do you think about uh, Ricky Puig? Uh, do does he have any future here at Barca? Man, I honestly don't know because <laughs> when he was like when when there was uh, when you have been terrorized by Sergio Valverde and you know Rakitic, Vidal, Arthur, all those. Conservative players. I think Ricky Puig felt like a breath of fresh air. But you know, as soon as we now see Deco and Gavi play, we see the things that Ricky Puig doesn't have. Like he's high energetic, etc. But he almost plays like he's the only player on the pitch and he wants every ball. He gives a pass yeah. and then sticks to the player next to him, like give me the ball, give me the ball. You don't do that. I think yeah, yeah. Think he's not Messi. <laughs> exactly. And even Messi, like that, it is important to actually maintain distances between you and your fellow player. Then he keeps it gets too close to certain positions. Arthur also had that flaw. Arthur was a very talented player, but he did the same. He he got too yeah. close to his guys. He got too close to the wings. That was his time. biggest flaw. Yeah, that was his biggest flaw. And Positioning he was very pragmatic too. Ah, yeah, yeah, that was. You know, that is something gives a young player that he could have evolved. But positioning is something you have an instinct for. Because look at the Gavi and Pedri. They haven't really. Any experience? I'm not any experience, but they know where to be at every point. You know, if that player is there, he knows how far I should be to occupy the opposition player. If because if you're too close to your own player, you are not marking anyone. You're not occupying any player. So once you receive the ball, players can easily press you. You are not marking anyone out of the game. I think that is important. Petri and Gabi and Nico do that really well. I don't know why Ricky Puig doesn't. So unless Xavi can fix uh, him, I think he'll be a rotating option. If yeah, I I think it would be better for him to leave on loan because I don't think he has he has a future and he should. I mean, I don't think. Games. I mean, I don't think loan is really ideal because I don't think at this point, like he's almost twenty three now. I don't think. Yeah. And if he gets on loan, it will happen like every loan. Every bar, every Barca rejected goes on loan. He will be sent yeah, to a, yeah. he will send to a place that doesn't play the football we do. He will struggle there. He will just keep shuffling around. And then after two years, we'll sell him for one or two million. Instead, it's better yeah, if yeah. we could manage to sell him for ten, fifteen million, or just yeah. keep him. And just keep him. He's I don't think he's on a very huge wages. So just keep him as a rotating option. He can provide some energy, play on the wings if needed. He's fast. So I guess that is something we can do with him. I don't think loaning him will do any good as such. You either loan him or keep him. Yeah, that is also true because, as you said, he's not a eighteen or nineteen anymore. He's he is twenty two. He will turn twenty three maybe next year or this year at the end. I don't remember his birthday, but yeah, I think then yeah, you you are right. Uh, we should either bin him or we should keep him. Um, yeah. Um, what do you think about uh, Ferran Torres and uh, Karim Adeyemi's rumors? Uh, I mean, the thing is that the, the rumors are very strong at the moment, but I don't really see like City have a contract for Ferran Torres. I think till twenty twenty five or twenty twenty six. 
and city have basically an unlimited supply of money why would they send such a promising player away uh, like they i mean they have jack grealish who's not really a winger uh, sterling doesn't seem to be performing at times gabriel jesus is kind of a mixed player you don't know where he plays i don't really think city will let him go i, I mean i think i think with city the thing is Unlike with PSG, I think City. I think Pep has a lot of uh, power in City, and if Ferran Torres says I don't want to play here, I think Pep is not someone to force him to keep. Unlike PSG does, uh, but I don't know. I mean, look, I, now comes to, if we assume we are getting him, and I think we are getting a really versatile player. He's kind of like Ansu Fati. Like he's very good in front of the goal. That means he can operate in the false nine or just a number nine area, and he's also. Very fast, and he can do what Ansu Fati does. You know, he's not very tricky. Like Dembele is, but he is direct. He's direct, and he can play out wide, play inside, do all sorts of things. Luis Enrique loves him. Uh, Pep also loves him. Uh, so I think he's someone. If we can get uh, him, we should. If not, Adeyemi, I don't know how feasible both of these operations are. Uh, but let's see. What are your thoughts on him? About uh, on who? Fair enough, fair enough. I think you followed him more at Valencia than I did. Yeah, yeah. So at Valencia, Valencia used to play four-four-two under Marcelino, and uh, most of the time he played at that wide midfielder on the right side, and sometimes mm. he even played uh, as one of the strikers. <laughs> Although he was not the main man, he was kind of a Griezmann type of striker, if, if you can understand. Yeah, he floats uh, around the area, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of second striker. Yeah, second, yeah. Or just second striker. So, uh, and he he looked really, really, uh, very, really good uh, under Marcelino. He was he was really talented, and uh, and uh, uh, and uh, yeah. I, at that moment, I actually wanted him at Barca, but then City t- took him away. Um, I for City, I don't know how has he played. I think he. He played well in some games. He scored a hat trick in one game. I think Pep Pep is a strange guy. I don't know how he selects his front line. He sometimes plays Jesus out wide. I think he hasn't played in the games he has played. I think he has scored a lot of goals. Like I think he has scored a hat trick once or twice. Uh, but he really doesn't play a lot. When he plays, I think he plays him centrally. I think Pep has never played him out wide. Mostly as a false nine or a fixated number nine. Type of role. I look. That's the advantage with you know intelligent players. They can play in multiple positions. You don't really know what their ideal position is. Uh, I think he's more of an inside forward, inverted winger type of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'll see. He's still young. He's. I think he has an injury. I think he's been injured for about one or two months now. Like yeah, yeah. Be he will, he will uh, come back uh, in January. His his injury. Yeah, that's that's. Yeah, that's uh, another issue. But you know we will have to see. Both of these teams are in the Champions League. Uh, is Salzburg in the Champions League? I Salzburg has, Salzburg has a game against Sevilla in the last game. They just have to draw that game. And if Sevilla win that game, uh, Sevilla will qualify for the Champions League. Yeah, I, I think Champions League teams are very much not likely to uh send one of the players away and it's not like we have a lot of money to lure them anyway so i think this is more of a summer operation uh yeah. plus buy obligation in january but we'll see i think it'll depend i'm not getting my hopes up i think operations are very all these operations are very tough we'll have to depend on actually shipping some players away like umtiti 
etcetera he doesn't play i think he's still here i don't know why yeah uh, what happened to him really? because when zavi uh, zavi was announced as coach and after i think one or two training sessions there were rumors coming in that umtiti is really happy zavi wants him in his team and now he hasn't even started or not even played any minute so far <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think he might play him, but I think you know, you go after. You also want continuity. Javi came in at a time where we needed points in Champions League and La Liga. So and Umtiti, yeah, yeah. I think hasn't yeah. played in months and months. Yeah, Umtiti yeah, hasn't played in a lot of months. So I think he will try to keep training him, try to revive his career. But because look, we are forced to. It's not like Umtiti is going anywhere. So best bet is try to revive his career and give others competition. But I don't think he'll do that right now. I think he'll do it. in a game where we are certain to win which right now doesn't look like any team we are certain to win any games these days but uh, someday i think it will come by i don't think he ever i think these long term injuries never or almost always take away your ability as especially for a young player it will almost always ruin your prime uh, but yeah. let's see how we open about the signings i don't think they're going to happen but the ferrant aris rumors sounds very strong, strong. yeah it's suddenly very strong but let's see i don't want to just get my hopes up and then be sad that we're going to have another two injured wingers and no new signing yeah yeah we are we are basically linked with every other guy even though we don't have any penny left in our purse i just don't <laughs> get this uh, there is a guy uh, in fc basel known as arthur cabral something like that isn't it And, ah, yes, uh, I think he's a number nine. Yeah, he goes for fun, and he's linked uh, for January transfer. I, I don't get it. How we don't have money? How can we sign him? Yeah, exactly. And I think they're just trying to spruce up some rumors. Maybe we send some of our scouts. Uh, so we had a small technical glitch, uh, but anyways, carrying on uh, about the Arthur Cabral uh, uh, rumors. I think. See, I think the thing with any top club is they kind of send their scouts and try to talk about very players throughout Europe. And I think newspapers just try to link any players. I don't think we're buying any of them for sure. We always inquire, like how open are these clubs to actually sending these players away, selling them on loan, etc., etc. So I don't think we should really look into anything right now. All these are just rumors until January comes. Yeah, obviously. so yeah thanks for joining in again uh, and i think i can call you the co-host now uh, i just uh, just be free whenever <laughs> i call you for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> sure sure yeah and uh, what are your prediction for the game tomorrow i guess villarreal i think the, i don't really see villarreal scoring a goal because if you can't score against that uh, united defense i think ours is better not really better individually but like Uh, if we can not concede against espanyol uh, uh, and benfica that i think we are good enough not to concede against villarreal i think we'll not be able to score a lot of goals i think we'll still all, only score one or two goals i think two nil is decent i think after this many games javi will be able to uh, implement a good enough and effective attacking setup i think we'll scrap one goal and then score one later on and i don't think yeah, we'll concede yeah. a lot Yeah, I think it it will be two zero. Yeah, it's a perfect prediction. So so very really thanks for joining in. Um, and bye. Oh, cheers.
Yes.